The following podcast is a Conscious Waves production. Hi, I'm Louise. And I'm Chris. And we are Conscious Conscious Waves. Waves. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Journey Inspiring Conversations. Conversations. Wow, haven't we had some great people on in the last couple of weeks? Fantastic. But Wally, what a legend. Wally is amazing. Yeah, he was so, look, everybody's been generous with their time and very open and honest, and I love that. But Mm -hmm. he was just such a, I don't know, it was an inspiration. He he has said he'd like to come on again, which is great. So we're going to have some return guests and I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to that. But he would be on his tour with Chicago now. Yep. And um, So hi, Wally. Yeah, hi. Hope you're having a good time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, you know, keeping that engine running. Yes. Yes, which is great. Yeah, but he did have some amazing stories. Yes. And a great mindset. And a great mindset. Which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Which sort of leads us on to our guest for today. Yes. So this lady, mm-hmm. well, it was back in the very eight, 1989 into 1990. So okay. we got engaged in 1990, I think. We did. Something like that. Yeah. And anyway, so it's quite a while ago now. She was diagnosed with cancer. Okay. Yep. Her kids were young mm-hmm. and she didn't get chemo. The doctors didn't seem to think that it was going to work. Oh, wow. This lady's still here with us today. Wow. We're going to be talking to her. So she was highly recommended by another one of our podcast guests, Beverly Boltitude, mm-hmm. thought that this woman who has written a wonderful book called My Answer to Cancer wow. was going to be able to come on and perhaps share her inspiring story. And I'm imagining this mm-hmm. is going to be quite some journey to find out yes. how it was that she is still around today. Mm-hmm. She has done amazing things to help other people. The the list is very long, Mm -hmm. but she's obviously gone into um, some natural therapies as well. Yes, I've Um, heard about that. She's a Reiki master. She's a group leader. She teaches meditation. So I would say Mm -hmm. something to do with her mindset might have helped along the way. Yeah. So we will be back very soon Mm -hmm. with our beautiful special guest for today. Okay. See you soon. Are you looking for a website that inspires, educates, and empowers you to live a conscious life? Look no further than Conscious Waves. With a fresh look and exciting content, our website is your ultimate guide to conscious living. Join our community of like-minded individuals at Conscious Waves today and start your journey towards a more conscious and fulfilling life. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. And we've got the amazing Kathy Brown with us today. She's all the way. We're in New South Wales, as most of you know. And we've got uh, Kathy from all the way over the other side of the country in Western Australia. So welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Lovely to meet you. And whereabouts in Western Australia are you exactly? I'm just south of Perth uh, in a place called Waikiki, not in Hawaii. but <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just near the a beautiful beach, which I really enjoy using most days in the summertime, not mm. quite so much in the winter. Fair enough. Oh, I think okay. we're all a bit the same as that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So were you, were you born in Western Australia? Is that where you've grown up and yeah. had your holiday? Yeah, born in Pemberton, which is... Down the southwest, where all the tall uh, carry trees are. Oh, yeah. And, okay. uh, yeah, and then came up to Perth when I was just a youngster. Oh, so right. Around wow. the Perth area. 
from okay. my life. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, so what did you do in your younger days? So were you a big, big family or got siblings or? Yes, I have a, um, a brother who's 10 years older and a, a sister who's seven years older. So mm-hmm. I'm the, as they always used to remind me when I was younger, I was the afterthought. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, you know what siblings are like. Yes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's lovely to have a brother and a sister. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. Did you have anything special, special interests when you were growing up, hobbies that you did? No, I think um, I always loved to be outside mm-hmm. and I was always in, well, that's one part of it, but the other side was also music. Oh, I right. used to learn the piano and then I won a scholarship when I was 13 to play the clarinet. Oh, oh wow. I played the clarinet. I didn't know that. <laughs> I wonder we're already connecting so well. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, so did you play in any bands or orchestras? Yeah, yeah, I played in the Southern Districts Band here in WA for, for 12 months and then, you know, life got in the way a little bit and then I, a few years ago, took up the ukulele. So very involved with playing the ukulele now and thoroughly enjoy it. Isn't it one of the happiest yeah. instruments? Absolutely. And also the big difference is with a clarinet, I can't sing. It's already in, in my mouth, whereas <laughs> with the ukulele, I can sing as well. And it's just lovely. I don't think you can play the, the ukulele without smiling. No, I, I'm a music teacher and I when I do ukulele, the kids don't always like it in high school. I said, but it's the happiest instrument. Even if you don't play it well, it doesn't sound that bad, you know, and you can always, no. you know, I think it brings a smile to my face too. So, oh, there you go. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. Now, obviously you've had something significant that happened in your life. I don't know, it's 30, over 30 odd years ago now. That's correct, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know about that. Yes, well, I um, had a, a little red dot on my arm and I was, you know, wasn't too sure about it. So I, I said to the doctor about it because when I knocked it one day, I had a shot of pain go up my arm. And he had a look at it and he said, oh, there's nothing wrong with that, Kath. And I said, oh, would you mind taking it out? And it, and it was a Friday night and he said, oh, all right, if it keeps you happy. So he took it out and then the next morning, oh, sorry, it must have been a Thursday because on the Friday he rang me up and um, to let me know that the laboratories had run through and it was a melanoma mm. and it was a lot deeper than what they thought. So he made an appointment for me to go and see a plastic surgeon and take a wider excision. And life carried on pretty much inverted commas as normal. I was 33 years old, married with two young children, six and eight. And um, over the time under my arm started to get a little bit sore. So I kept going back to the doctor and he checked out and he said, no, there's nothing wrong with it. And and I said, but it's it's kind of tight. And he said, well, what may have happened is when we did the wider excision, we may have damaged, you know, touched a few nerves because we went quite deep. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, this went on and on for a few more months and still after examination, there was there's nothing. And then I broke out in these red welts, these blisters all over my legs. So back to the doctor again. And I said, would this have anything to do with you know, the melanoma being taken out. He said, no, no, nothing to do with that at all. And he said, but I haven't seen any um, blisters like this before. I'll just go and get a couple of my colleagues. So two other doctors came in. So the three of them were looking at my legs and they're saying, oh, we've never seen anything like this before. That's the blisters, not my legs. (laughs) 
And, <laughs> and so they decided to send me to a skin specialist. So he looked at them and he hadn't seen anything like this. And because they just were up my legs and went to the top of my legs, but there were nowhere, nowhere else on my body. Wow. So he ended up taking one out. And I said to him, you know, would this have anything to do with the, you know, melanoma? No, no, nothing to do with that. Anyhow, he rang me back and he said, it's a thing called bullous pemphigoid. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, we really don't know because it usually happens to old people just before they die. Oh. And I thought, well, this is not kind of <laughs> what I want to hear. Wow. And within about a week or so after that, I lifted my arm up and under my arm there was a huge bulge coming um, under there. And I thought, oh, like, this isn't too good. So back to the doctor and he sent me to a specialist in Fremantle. And when I went to that surgeon, um, he said, yes, you've got a large mass under your arm. And he said, it looks like the melanoma has spread. And I said to him, well, with this bullous pemphigoid, would that have had anything to do with the melanoma? And he said, oh, yeah, your system was so locked into fighting the cancer, like your whole system was starting to, to break down. Oh. So, yeah, and so he said, I need you. This is on a Tuesday. He said, I'll need you in this Thursday. We'll take them out, take it out. And he called in someone to make those bookings. They said, look, we're fully booked. And he just said, get rid of somebody. And I thought, oh, dear, this is a little bit urgent. So mm -hmm. I went and they operated. And when I went back for the results, I was hoping when I walked in to, to see the doctor that he'd just look at me and say, look, Kath, it's been a big mistake. Everything's okay. But when I walked into his office, he didn't even look up at me. He just kept looking down at the piece of paper that was in front of him. And I thought, oh, this is not too good. And he said, yeah, we've taken all the lymph nodes out on your arm. And unfortunately, there's two very large tumours, about two inches in diameter, and there's not much we can do for you. And I said to him, well, I'm talking like 33, 34 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so I said, well, how long do you think I have to live? And he said, well, you might have two months or you might have two years. Uh, melanoma is very unpredictable. Well, I was an absolute mess. And this happened to be on the Friday before Mother's Day, which was on oh, the Sunday. Oh. And I would think even now it would be one of the hardest days of my life. No, um, it is. Have, you know, the kids coming in because we hadn't told them what was happening and they're all happy that it's Mother's Day and making me little gifts and I'm there thinking I may not even be here for the next year. Uh, also going to happen to tell my parents um, what was happening. And one thing I didn't mention before, I had a, another sister who had died 12 years before I was born. Oh. And that was in May, the same time that this was happening for me. So wow. it was very difficult trying to hold my emotions and, you know, support my parents, my children and partner mm. and friends. And I think at one point you, you become emotionally bankrupt. Mm. You don't know what to do. And we had a waterbed, a king-size waterbed at the time. And my mind went berserk on, you know, what what if, what's going to happen? And I'd wake up in the middle of the night with the whole waterbed shaking. I was shaking. I couldn't talk. I couldn't eat. I was losing weight. The surgeon had said to me, he would send me to an oncologist who would, you know, look after me virtually till I died. And I went in to see him and he just looked at my file and shook his head and clicked his tongue went, you're in the hands of fate. There's nothing we can do for you. Oh, so 
it was like, well, where do I go to from here? So I went back to my local doctor and I said, I need help. You know, I haven't got any strategies or skills to deal with news like this. Hmm. And, and he said, look, all I've really got is, is I can give you a um, prescription for some Sarapax, which is a drug that will help you to relax and to sleep. And I thought that's not the type of help I want. Mm. I want I, I want to know how, how do I get through something like this? Yeah. So I was very devastated. Yeah, and of course. I was very lucky I received a letter from a, a cousin's cousin on the other side of the family who had been through a similar situation. And he, his wife had written me this letter and told me about a naturopath and had I thought about going to a naturopath. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what can they do? I've been to three doctors and they all told me I'm going to die. So what's a naturopath going to do? Mm-hmm. And anyhow, I went to this naturopath and he looked in my eyes, he was doing iridology. And it was incredible. He just told me everything that was wrong. He didn't want to know what was wrong with me. He told me what was wrong with me. Wow. And he said, we can do this, kid. And he said, it's going to take a lot of hard work, but we can do it. And so I'm sitting there very sceptical thinking, once again, you know, three doctors tell me I'm going to die. I've got one man who can tell me I can live. Is he just seeing a vulnerable young mum who's desperate to live, to see her children grow up, mm-hmm. you know? And then I thought, well, who do I focus my attention on? And I thought, well, I prefer to, to focus on wellness and living than on death and dying. Mm. Whatever Lee told me to do, that was was what I did. And I was also told about a cancer organisation called Cancer Support WA, and that was absolutely wonderful. And when I went to the meetings there, I, I was 33. I think the next youngest person above me was about 60. And I remember sitting there thinking, I shouldn't be in a group like this. You know, I should be out enjoying my life. Why am I here? Um, But they were just wonderful, wonderful people and gave me so many strategies and skills on on dealing with with cancer. And, uh, you know, Lee was giving me um, supplements and nutrition and cancer support. They were teaching me meditation and taking back some sense of control of my own life and making choices that work for me and teaching me about not being a people pleaser because you tend to find that, you know, you, you you do things for other people and tend to put your own needs back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge learning, um, learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. What I loved about them, there was no judgment you know, their saying was there's many pathways up a mountain and it's about finding your pathway and each person is different. So whatever way people chose to um, to deal with cancer, they supported it. So we had people in there who were doing chemotherapy and radiotherapy. I wasn't because I was told it was not going to work for me. So uh, enjoy my family while I could. So I was just totally going on um, what I could do as a lifestyle program. And I still went back to the oncologist to start with every month and then it became every three months and I'd have chest x-rays because I said to him, what will finally take me? And he said, well, it'll go to your lungs, your liver or your brain. So he was doing x-rays there to to check that and he'd do physical x-rays. And and I'd say to him, look, I'm, I'm feeling fantastic. I'm meditating. I've changed my diet. I've joined a support group. And he didn't want to know anything about it. It was just like, you know, talking a different language but I still persevered because I was getting better and better 
Anyhow, after two years, um, I went back to him. And by this time, inverted commas, I should have been dead. Mm-hmm. And I was the healthiest I'd ever been. I think it was just incredible. And he said to me, how long was it from your primary cancer to your secondary cancer when it had spread? And I said, it was 10 months. And he said, how long ago was that? And I said, it was two years ago. And he said, well, I've got no need to see you anymore. And I thought, well, that's all right, because I've got the support group. I've got my meditation. I've got Lee. I've got, I've built up another healing team. So I picked up my bag and walked across to the door and I put my hand on the handle of the door. And as I was opening the door, he said to me, by the way, and I looked back over my shoulder and he says, don't you think that it's anything you've done? He said, there are such things as spontaneous remission. I was just dumbfounded because, you know, words can heal and words can harm. And, mm-hmm. and I was in a strong emotional position at that point. And I thought how much nicer it would have been if he said, look, Kath, I have no understanding of what you've actually done. But well done, and keep doing what you're keep doing. Going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a different time, and it, and it's a long time ago. And I know yeah. doctors don't always have the best bedside manner, but I mean that that's awful on so many levels. I just that it hurt my heart mm. yeah, oh, yeah. that he would even think to to do that instead. And I, I was honestly hoping that you were going to be turning around. He was going to say. It's gone. And I know doctors can't ever say that cancer's ever gone because I've had another lady that um, I'm working at a school we had a staff development or a staff meeting and an ex-student came back and she's just overcome some a terrible cancer. She did have a crazy treatment and she's, well, the doctor called her remarkable. This is remarkable. It's remarkable. But he couldn't say she's ever not got it. No. But so she was in a haze of so much terrible treatment for two years, she doesn't even remember her daughter. She found out just before she had her baby that mm. she had something. So she had this two years. So she said, but what I had to do then is actually she's she's now suffering from what happens if. Yes. And so she's going on to a, a, a lovely other mindful path. That, you know, she didn't speak. We couldn't talk to her for any longer, but it's it's a similar sort of thing. But, you know, all the doctors were very, they were walking on eggshells around her. That's what she said. Like they couldn't tell her things. Like they were so... You know, there was just, she said, one doctor just eventually said, well, I don't know how this is going to get better. This is the worst cancer you could have. It's everywhere. It's in your bones. It's everywhere. And he, and then they knew that they had to start something. But but to just say, you know, not yeah. to give you any credit no, whatsoever no, that, you know, like, something's happened that they didn't do. It's it's such a changed mindset now, I would hope. Oh, yeah. It's, it's lovely. I love the integrated medicine. And I say to people, get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's things that the doctors and the medical profession can do, which are absolutely amazing now, but there's so much more that you can do. And one of my favourite sayings is if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Yes. Mm. You need your life to change. You need to change something, whether it's your eating or your mindset, which is where I really came into learning so about meditation and stilling the mind because, for me, you can't make wise decisions if your mind is stirred up and you you're thinking all the negative things. It's awfulizing. It's catastrophizing. It's it's scaring you. Mm-hmm. And by doing the meditation and stilling the mind, you start to see things a lot clearer and make much better choices um, yeah. on the on the journey forward, which tends to unfold when you are in that state of relaxation. And so I got so much from being part of this cancer organisation that I then volunteered my time to help back there and 
after five years, they, uh, the lady who was running the courses said to me, well, look, I'm going on long service leave. Would you run the courses while I'm I'm away? And I said, oh, I couldn't do that. And she said, of course you can. You've been, you know, around here for five years. So I did it for three months and she ended up resigning and they offered me the job. So I needed qualifications. So I went to a, um, a place over here called the Wosley Institute and did a two-year course in group work leadership. Mm-hmm. And I also flew over to Melbourne to the Yarra Valley and did training with Dr. Ian Gawler, who uh, ran, ran, he's written an amazing book called You Can Conquer Cancer. And he overcame um, a very, very difficult cancer where he, he it spread through his body and he'd had his leg amputated and, wow. you know, was only within weeks of dying and through the power of his mind of meditation, turned his whole life around. And I followed a lot of his uh, protocol and mm. here I was going then to Melbourne to learn how to run those courses. So I ended up running uh, the courses at uh, Cancer Support WA for about 10 years and running support groups and was able to interact with hundreds of people that came through there. And it was such a joy to be able to see people change mm. with, that, with that support um, and, you know, and, and show them another way. Mm. And then I ended up, uh, it was during that time or just before that time that I, I met um, Beverly Boltitude and I'd learned Reiki and that just changed my life and opened my whole mind up to a whole new world. Mm. And then after 10 years of, of doing meditation and Reiki and running support groups and education programs, um, I decided to leave and do corporate work teaching um, work-life balance, which was very, in the early days where, you know, that just wasn't even a word. Mm. And I did that for a while. And at that time, uh, hypnosis or hypnotherapy was uh, deregulated over here in Western Australia. And so I trained as a, a clinical hypnotherapist and started my own practice. And um, so I've been doing, I've been doing that for about 18, 19 years now. And then after you know, many years of doing that, uh, Dr. Ian Gawler rang me up again and he said, how would you like to go back to cancer support and run my programs there again? So I went back and started running programs again there. So I ran women's support groups, open support groups, uh, the Gawler uh, program um, about, you know, it's empowering from Ian's book, You Can Conquer Cancer. And then I wrote another couple of programs about meditation and living life and it just grew and I was thriving absolutely loved every minute of it oh that's fantastic Fantastic. yeah wow Um, then um Ian and um a co-worker of his Sarah developed an app called Alleviate which was doing was meditation for people with chronic illness and they rang me up and said would I do the pilot program for them so it's it's a different app you can down the Alleviate app for free and that's part of their uh, mission is to alleviate suffering worldwide. So all over the world, there's, people can download the app for free. Mm-hmm. But if people want to, they can subscribe and have personal uh, mentoring. And so we link up with people. This is the, uh, the, the joy of Zoom and all that came out of learning that over COVID mm-hmm. time and I just love it. Not that long ago, I was running a session and I had one lady in London, one in New York, one in New Zealand, one in Melbourne, and I was in Perth. (laughs) And I just think it's so lovely that uh, new technology has opened up the world in this way. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Yeah. So to me, meditation is is a great way of empowering yourself that you know and and being observed what are your emotions feeling at the moment and what are your thoughts at the the moment and and start to observe those because most of us I'm not that's a, that's a sweeping statement I shouldn't say a lot of people mm-hmm. don't live in the now they live in the past and you can't change anything from the past it doesn't matter how many times you go over the events of the past you can never ever make it a better past but what people can do is learn from those experiences and let go of the emotional attachments so that they can move forward in life. Mm. And then, you know, we use our imagination for the future. And then some people, they call it worry, but they're awfulizing and catastrophizing what's going to happen in the future. Would that be me? Yeah, I might do that. I know <laughs> well, I do. I think it. we just had one of we those just, conversations I had one today. of those days today. <laughs> I, I'm hearing what you're saying, but, you know, for me to worry about the future seems to be a weak spot that I need to, you know, really improve on. Well, it's actually a misuse of your imagination. Yeah. And your imagination is so powerful. And if only people realised, you know, it's almost like your imagination for the future is like, plugging in on when you hop in the car a gps of where you want to go so why do people plug in all the awful things of the future you know it's looking forward to the future with love and joy and and see what unfolds and you know you haven't met all the people that you're going to love yet they're they're all in the future so it's about changing that mindset Mm. and living in the now and when you live in the now the the future starts to unfold totally different than Awfulizing and catastrophizing. All yeah, the time. I, I love those two words. I'm going to write them down for myself when, <laughs> when yeah. I get in those. Because I look, I I'm I'm a positive person. You know, there's a I'm doing a lot of stuff like this, which I I absolutely love, and I I know all the mechanics. And then I have two or three things happen, and I go straight back to that default setting of that yeah. catastrophizing. I love that because that's <laughs> that's a good word for me because it, it, it's way bigger than I think it is. But then I go, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And exactly. I know that, you know, I could go to bed worrying about things, you know, I'll go over my mind a thousand times or have that conversation. And I know it's a waste of my whole, like it's so much wasted energy yeah. and I, and it's silly because I've just got to get better at training myself to be better at it. <laughs> I think the first step is having awareness. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly Once right. you want awareness, then you've got choice. Mm. And we always have choices, but we just don't know it. Mm. And and once you realise that you've got choices, you think, well, okay, if I sit there for a while and observe my thoughts, where are my thoughts? Are they lingering in the past that no longer exists? It doesn't exist anywhere except for in your mind. Mm. Uh, or are you projecting yourself into the future that doesn't even exist yet? And, you know, if we if our thoughts are vibration that we're putting out, why are we putting out things that scare and frighten us? Why don't we change our thoughts and put out different vibrations of things that bring us love and joy and um happiness in in the world yeah and then, and then our body starts to release endorphins and then you feel happy and when you're happy things start to to change but it's this artificial positive happiness i don't really like because it's about being true to your own emotions if you look at the word emotion it's emotion which is energy in motion and if you're feeling something that's sad or uh, you're angry or there's regret or something like that, but you put this smile on your face, 
you're not being true to yourself. So I like to work on being contented within myself. And then because we go, we're sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad. That's normal in life. Yes. Mm, yeah. um, and it's and it's about being true to to your own feelings and, and let those emotions be there without judgment because they're there for a reason. Mm. So once again, in meditation, when you give yourself time to sit and feel them, sometimes they just resolve themselves or dissolve or there's some things that we then have a choice. We know we need to do something, action about them. Yeah. But that's where empowerment comes. Yeah. How, this is awesome, isn't it? Oh, no. I need no. to have a little quick drink. I think so. We might just have right. a quick break. Yeah. We'll be right back with some more wonderful, mostly advice and wonderful stories and inspiration already. This whole, whole thing has been so far. So we'll be back shortly. Introducing Everyday Journey, Inspiring Conversations, the show that brings you the most incredible, inspiring and heartwarming stories straight from the lives of remarkable individuals. Each week, join us on a journey where we meet people who have experienced the extraordinary, do some remarkable things, or make a real difference in the people around them. Our podcast features an incredible array of guests who will leave you in awe. We believe that everyone has a story worth telling, and through this podcast, we provide a platform for these remarkable individuals to share their experiences, inspire others, and remind us all of the power of the human spirit. Get ready to be inspired, uplifted, and moved by the stories that will stay with you long after the episode ends. Well, we're back. We're back with we're... the lovely Kathy. I know, isn't she just amazing? I know, she's is... just, I, I'd actually like to give her one big hug I right through the screen. She's like one of those people that you really need to give a hug to. Yeah, and she just, yeah, it feels like you've known her forever too because she's so generous with her story. Yeah. So something that I thought might be interesting for well, to share with us anyway, is so prior to your cancer, what were you doing, like living your life? Were you generally healthy? Were you feeling, you know, I mean, being a mum of two young kids is no easy feast, I can't imagine. But what were you up to? And then I guess where I'm leading with this is then when you did find out and you went to your naturopath, what sorts of changes sort of happened in? Yeah. You know, I looking at, at uh, cancer holistically, I had to look at body, mind, spirit and emotions. So for the body, I often say to people, it's like you're sitting on a chair. It's got four legs and you've got to, you've got to have those four solid legs, otherwise you tip over. Mm-hmm. And so if you took one of those legs away, you would tip over. So if I'm trying to heal my whole being, I've got to look at all those, those parts. So the naturopath was fantastic looking at nutrition. I went on to a vegetarian diet and had supplements and um, I just followed whatever was on his sheet. That's all I had. If it wasn't on the sheet, it wasn't even negotiable for eating. And I found that very, very clear to have those boundaries. It was an abundance of food. It's just about, you know, being a little bit more creative on, on you know, creating, you know, vegetarian food now is quite um, available. Yes. Mm. If you went to a restaurant, you wanted something vegetarian, well, there's nothing. And if you went you know, to a, a show or something. There was, there was nothing that was vegetarian. So I had to look at that and I found it quite difficult with my social life back then because, once again, it being a, a bit different back then, people didn't know what to cook me. Mm. So they didn't invite me. <laughs> so I said, look, I'll still come along and I'll bring my own food. And that kind of opened up. It was, it was just trying to help to educate other people as well. Mm. So that was looking at the the um, physical side of things. 
the mental side or the emotional side of things, what was happening beforehand. Um, my son was very, very sick. He was born um, with a rapid heartbeat. Oh. It was touch and go whether he'd live or die. Then he got croup when he was six months old and we're in hospital intensive care for two weeks. Then he was in uh, intensive care again at the age of uh, one. And at that stage, they, um, you know, we were rushed from one hospital to another with an, an ambulance and sirens blaring and having specialists waiting for him and getting ready to, you know, getting ready to intubate him. And they did put a tube down into his lungs to help to clear and help him to breathe. And they used to come and clear it out every hour or so. As soon as he heard that suction, he would scream. But because he was screaming, he, it, no sound came out because he had a tube down his throat. So it was like a silent scream. And as a mother sitting there watching my baby, he was only 12 months old, all I wanted to do was to pick him up and run and protect him. But I knew that I couldn't do that. I had to sit there and the tears would be running down his eyes and he's just looking at me like, can you do something? And that just broke me. And I remember thinking, I wish it was me and not him mm. because, you know, you you like to protect the people that you love. For sure. And then um, he broke his leg again when he was, again, he broke his leg when he was two and a half. <laughs> so I had that in and out of hospital. And what I found out after having counselling that, um Watching him suffering like that locked into, you know, I said earlier about my mother lost her first child 12 years before I was born. Mm. And so locking into some of her grief and watching a woman who had lost a child and living with that, I don't know life without grief because, you know, she'd lost this this first child. And here I was on the edge all the time, you know, was he going to live? What was going to happen? So that caused immense stress within my system. So my, that pushed my immune system down. And that body-mind medicine wasn't uh, openly spoken about back then. Yeah. And I just was felt so privileged over the years that as I used to go to conferences over in Melbourne and Sydney, I used to fly across there with the Gawler Foundation. And Ian would fly people in from all around the world that were talking about this body mind medicine and about how you know your emotions can suppress your immune system and about managing that and mm. um, so that was you know the, the the stress and anxiety before uh, before I had cancer so then I had to manage that and as I said going to a counsellor um, going to the support groups and also physically needing to move the body I mean evidence now shows that exercise is so important on boosting the immune system and that pent up energy that we kind of carry in our sedentary life mm. you need that exercise to to get that moving and then you know looking at, at life about the spiritual aspects of life when I talk about the spiritual aspects of life I'm not talking about religion sometimes people find their spirituality through religion some mm. people find it through nature some people find it through things like um, Reiki or yoga, but it's about acknowledging that, you know, you're this spirit in this body and you're not just the body, you're not just the mind and you're not just the emotions. You are this very powerful spiritual being having an experience. Mm. And, you know, that that was a real eye-opener for me and that was the part that I I really enjoyed and that's where Reiki opened up my mind. 
mm-hmm. uh, to to other possibilities. Yeah. So yeah. that just nabbed me into curious about everything. I read so many books. I watched videos. I spoke, love speaking to people who have had different experiences. And I'd love a dollar for every time someone said to me, I've never told anybody this, but. Fantastic, you got the knack. (laughs) Because I love to hear people's stories and I love, you know, and without judgment or closing people down and when they tell their stories you know we can learn from from that as well and so yeah it was it's changing so I say to people look at what can you do physically to change if you're not exercising do more exercise but also if you're doing too much exercise just bring it back everything in balance yes yeah looking at the mind you know and it's interesting when people say Oh, you know, because I teach meditation and I and they I say to them next week, how did you go with the meditation? We say, oh, look, I've, I've been too busy. I haven't I haven't been able to meditate. Well, in my mind, I'm thinking it's very interesting because I think everybody on this earth, as far as I know, has 24 hours in their day. And it's what you choose to do with your 24 hours that gives you quality of life. Because usually in the conversation, the next breath is, is oh, isn't it dreadful, all the horrible things that are happening in this world? When you watch the news... It's just all this tragedy. So that's when I come in and say, well, if you've got half an hour to watch the news, which is feeding your mind all this stress and this anxiety and this tragedy, that's a really good time to turn the TV off and go off and sit and watch the sunset or go out and sit, you know, in nature or sit in that stillness. That's where we do have choices as well. Mm. Simple lifestyle. There's nothing that's going to cost a lot of money. It's just simple simple changes so with food choosing to eat you know people say oh but you know vegetables are so expensive well you know a piece of meat extremely expensive mm. yeah but yep. what you can buy a piece of meat you can buy enough vegetables to make you know a lot of things Me- mm. a meditation doesn't cost you anything except for your own time and investment within into yourself mm. you know the spiritual aspect of of life is i think comes from gratitude being grateful for what you have got and not always out there seeking outside of you for something that you think will complete you. Mm. But I think one of the, the biggest healing tools that I found about, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it's about forgiveness, about the things that we feel that other people have done to us, which makes us feel like a victim. But what people don't understand about forgiveness, I like to to take the word forgiveness out and put the word release. So when if someone's done something wrong, as I said before, you can't change what they did or what they said or or anything. It's happened. But when you forgive someone, you, you're saying to them, I release you from whatever you've done to me, either knowingly or unknowingly, but I need to heal and I need to move forward in my life. And I don't want to carry that resentment and that anger with me because all it's doing is contaminating your future. That's right. So the release is actually, or forgiveness is actually for yourself. It's not for the other person. Mm, And and while you're angry and resentful, you're the one that's drinking the poison but expecting the other person to die. And so self-love, which is about forgiving. And, you know, we can get very righteous about what other people have done to us. But if you're a human being, I guarantee there's people out there that you've done and said things to that they're still carrying and you don't even know about it. And so, you know, that it really 
that awareness of I need to do this for me. So what happened in the past, I can't change it. I can learn from it and hopefully not have that experience happen again and I can move the future. But I don't want to bring that through my whole life mm, and, yeah, and, right. and contaminate it. So that was a, a huge key of um, of healing that I found with a lot of people. Yeah, I like that whole idea of releasing because, you know, we do Release. hear it, but it, it, I suppose it's the same when you hear the same thing over and over and over, it doesn't have the same impact. But when you just change it up that little bit, you think, yeah. oh, yes, because I can almost feel that, you know, yeah. like it's oh. that whole yeah. tension and then the release. Oh, and yes. So it's the stop holding the grudge, you know, yeah. like and, move, and it, it does really does give you a power to yes. move on. Yeah, yeah that's that's excellent. Yeah, another Wonderful pearl of wisdom, yeah. this wonderful lady. Yeah. So where it comes from, if you look at the word disease, it's dis-ease. There's mm. something not at ease. So mm. what is it in your life that you need to bring back into ease? And for me, I focused on bringing peace in my heart, peace in my soul and peace in my mind. And so I always think it's funny that, you know, when someone dies, people say, well, I hope they rest in peace. Well, I actually want to live in peace. You know, why wait till the end? Why, why wait till the end when you're not there? That's exactly. A, yeah, that's really I agree. L I P. Living peace. And the yeah. other thing is, I suppose, because I had to face my own mortality and realize at the age of 33, I still had so many things in life that I wanted to do and experience. And I felt like I was being denied those. So I've really packed a lot into my life. Because I don't want to lay on my deathbed whenever that may be and look back and say, gee, I wish I had of. Mm. If I'm able to do something, I will do it. And a lot of people say to me, but, you know, don't you worry about the cancer coming back? And I said, well, I, I don't worry about it, but I'm certainly aware of it. I'm not putting my head in the ground and saying it's not going to happen. But where I learned that great lesson was I've done a lot of travel. Travel is my passion. And a few years ago, I went to South Africa and was in a safari, uh, one of those little safari trucks. Mm-hmm. We stopped, the guy stopped the van, the, the truck, and we're looking at this big bull elephant. But what we didn't realise, he was in muss and he he thought we were a threat to his territory. So he came around and started charging the, the um, safari truck. And what I didn't know till afterwards, that that was a brand new truck the man had only picked up on the Monday and this was on the Friday oh. and he couldn't find reverse. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so this elephant's coming with it with its tusks and its snorting and its screaming and he's trying to find reverse. And he and he found reverse and we kind of jolted back. And I dropped my camera on my lap and hung on my the knuckles on my hands were as white as can be. Yeah. As we're going backwards. And it went through my mind. I never thought my life was going to end like this. <laughs> and I thought that's when I realized why why worry about dying of cancer just because I had it 30 odd years ago. I never never laid awake at night worrying that I was going to be trampled by a big right. ball out of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. And you just never know. Yeah. Anything yeah. those things could happen. So yeah, we do yeah. tend to obsess about certain things that we really have no control over. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and that's why just living today the best that you can. So waking up in the morning and what can I do today that will bring joy to my life today? Or mm-hmm. how can I be of service if you meet a friend? Sometimes just having a chat or giving someone a smile and time, it's um that's the great greatest gift you can give them. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you, you definitely vibrate wonderful energy. Like, I mean, this is through, oh. a, through a computer and I, I can feel the joy that comes out in your conversation Absolutely. and and it, it's radiating and, it, it, and I don't know, I don't sort of want to ever hang up. I don't know. I don't well, know she's going to go to bed sooner or later. She's just probably going to have dinner. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we just keep meeting wonderful people. We had, a, had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, um, Jason Stevenson, and he does lovely meditations and stuff too, and he was telling us about that he, well, we've actually been following his journey he's been he went on a trek around on the simpson desert. the simpson desert now i'm not a bit i'm not much of an adventurer but it absolutely went in my mind i went you know i'm going to do that that's something that i really want to do so i've already started you know asked him who we went with and i'm going to you know currently have no finances at all in our bank account to do anything like that but i just want to mentally start preparing myself because i thought you know that would be something that is just wondrous and the only other thing i've wanted to do that's adventurous is go on a safari <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and I love elephants. Elephants are my spirit animal. That's what I call them anyway. So I'd probably be very happy dying that way, to be perfectly honest with you. Watch what you're putting not out there. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not we'll going to put it out there. Just cancel that I, one. I will stop that. But I just thought, oh, I'm thinking, well, you know, if you've got to go, that's got to be one way. Isn't it? Wow. But there you go. So how funny is it that that's just been things that have popped into my mind and just two guests in, in the short space of time yeah. that are adventurers and do the, all the travel and all of that sort of stuff and I sort of say it and sit in my little comfort zone and don't really think it's going to happen. So I have to change my mindset and well, imagine very, yeah, a little bit more than I'm doing. Mm. You're putting that in your GPS. You know, yeah, exactly. Instead of the worry, put the good things. And, you know, I, I just found for me I love travel, I love good food, I love working with people, I love doing healing. And I was very, very lucky to be offered um, to take groups to India. So every year I take people to a place called Kerala mm-hmm. and to an Ayurvedic retreat. And I'm off there uh, in September. So I've got two groups back to back, so I'll be away for a month. Oh, wonderful. And it's just so lovely having people there in this incredible tropical place. They get two hours of massage and treatment every day. All the food's organic and vegetarian and it really attracts exceptional people. And I think that's my work now. (laughs) So Maybe I might have to put out for that one for next year. That sounds good. I've always wanted to go to India. (laughs) (laughs) And when you said two-hour massage a day, I'm yeah, <laughs> I could. Okay, send me some information on that. <laughs> you know, warm oil that's infused with the herbs that suit your body, and having them massaged in, and it's just, okay. You've just got amazing. Me. You've got me, Kathy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, S- send Louise the information, and I'll be looking into that for next year. So when Louise goes off on her safari, you can come to India with me. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm there. You've got me. <laughs> That's wonderful. I didn't, isn't it the interesting? The more you know, like I didn't know that you would be matched with essential oils in a massage. Like, I mean, I've had massages and I, I think the whole aromatherapy is one is is magnificent. But look at that, then you can go on a retreat. So how long is that each of them for that you go with? The well, two weeks, like we have them for 14 days. Wow. But I have had people when I've had back to because I have one group I take for 14 days and we take them in a little bus back to the airport and the plane that comes in uh, brings in the next group. So that brings in one group and takes that group home mm-hmm. and then I'm there for another fortnight and mm-hmm. I have had a couple of people who have stayed with me for the whole month. But, 
you know, once again, it comes back to finances. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought for me, you know, it brings together everything that I love, you know, the meditation, the massage, the good food, the energy work, great people, very interesting people. Mm. Um, and it's amazing how things come together when you. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I, well, I'm, well, I'm in for next year. I'm putting. <laughs> I am actually putting that out into the universe. Yeah, I'll the other two. So, okay, yeah. so I just thought I'd let you know. So, <laughs> so you look down the manifest next year and you see Chris Luke. Oh, right. Oh, you do it together. together. might come to. There you go. You know, you're doing most stuff together. Are you too scared to go on a safari, are you? No. Oh, no. Well, I'll get there. things together. All right. <laughs> maybe we can, maybe we can run a podcast oh, you know, in India. Maybe. Exactly. There you are. You never know. Oh, so, well, there you go. We're spreading the spreading the love. We're spreading Why the not? love. That's Why exactly not? right. Yeah, right. it's always the possibilities. And as I as I said before, you always have choices. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we don't realize we have choices. Yeah, I, I really agree. I think that it, it's becoming more and more in awareness, like more and more things that I see with people that are similar to you and, and just people that would have been surrounding us and we're, we're getting plenty of messages of the same sort of thing. Like it's almost like we're coming out of a, um, a dark, yeah, yes, or a dark haze or something haze, that people yeah. have really not really thought you had much of a choice. Yeah. Like, I mean, what you did 30 years ago and, and what you had to go through with like no support and all of this and you've come out of it like... Absolute champion. I mean, mm. who would have you, you wouldn't have imagined that um those sorts of things could happen. I also know like 50 years ago when I was or 55 years ago, I was allergic to nuts. Mm. My mum had to find that out. Nobody was allergic to nuts, nobody understood the allergy. And so people would just, I mean, I was allergic to other things too. They'd just pick it out and think that that was okay. It wasn't okay. Now you can't mm. even take nuts to school. And I oh, I don't necessarily think that's the right thing either. So it's interesting how time does, you know, change a lot and, and what you can go through and then it becomes the norm. But I really do hope that this new norm is going to be look after yourself, be mindful, mm. have the choices, live the best life. Be loving. I think we need to get to that. Mm. I think the humanity as a whole needs to start to get to, and I love that you've used these beautiful words, is non-judgmental. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so important for people because let's be honest, everyone's just doing the best that they can mm. with the wisdom and knowledge that they have. Yeah. And so when people open up and want to share a story or look for a different direction, the last thing they need is criticism or that. And and one of the best things I, I learned through my whole experience is, you know, I, I'm not here to tell anyone how to live their life, far be it I'm, you know, busy living my own. But one of my favourite um, sentences is I say to people, have you thought about and then they've got, they know they've got a choice because they may be thinking, oh, well, I can only do it this way. And then I'll say, well, have you thought about another way? Mm. And, and then, they're, oh, well, no, I haven't. I said, well, just think about it. You know, there's no, there's no pressure. It's your, your life, your choice. But that's when you open your mind up to other possibilities. And there's the old saying, your mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. And if you open up your mind, you will find there's so much more in life. And I think my lesson came from, you know, when all this was happening to me when I was first diagnosed, there wasn't the internet for me to get information at all. The internet didn't even exist. No. No. So for me to find out more about what was happening to me, I had to go to the library. Mm. So I went down and I asked the lady, did she have any books about melanoma? And she kind of looked at me. And anyhow, I found a book. And there was one little paragraph in there now, as I started the story off, three doctors telling me I'm going to die, got two months to two years. And I found this paragraph 
And it said there was a 10% chance I could be here in five years and a 5% chance I could be here in 10 years. My very first thought, and I don't know where it came from, it came from deep inside of me, and it's like it rose up from somewhere. And the question was, what do you have to do different to 95% of the people to be in that 5% of survivor? I wasn't going to follow what everybody else did. I had to do do something different. Yeah, That's why I've opened my mind up to all sorts of yeah, weird. I've got story after story of things that I've done and people that I've met. And yeah, <laughs> oh well, another sequel. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. We've got we've got lots of people wanting to come back on again, so that's okay. I've got amazing stories. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I love loving it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we but might just take comes to the mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we might just take one more break. And then I think you're going to got one last question. Come back and ask Kathy the question the that question. we always ask all of our um all of the guests. Yeah, the same question. Okay, see okay. you soon. See you soon. Are you ready to dive deep into the world of consciousness and personal growth? Look no further than Conscious Conversations, the podcast that takes you on a journey of self-discovery and transformation. Hosted by a dynamic husband and wife team who are experienced coaches and thought leaders, this podcast offers insightful and inspiring conversations about a range of topics, from aligning values, mindfulness and meditation to relationships and communication. Each week, they will share their unique perspectives and wisdom on how to live a more conscious and fulfilling life. Okay, well, we're back. We're back with Kathy, and we're yeah. about to ask her the burning question. Yes. Which question. is, Kathy, if you had the attention everybody in the world, what bit of advice do you think that you could say that would help people? Well, I think the the main thing is just to trust your own gut feeling and what is right for you may not be right for other people. And don't let other people put you down or say, oh, that's wrong, you shouldn't be doing it that way because it may be right for you and wrong for them and vice versa. So it's about if your gut feeling feels right for you, go for it and, and let your life unfold. It's your life. And you are unique and you are going to have a totally different experience to everybody else on this earth. And it will unfold when you trust your own gut feeling. And how many times have you had a gut feeling and then the old brain comes in and says, oh, no, that can't be right. And you make a different choice and it all goes wrong. And then you say, oh, I wish I'd trusted my gut. Yes. Yep. yep. <laughs> and so the more you trust your gut, the stronger it it gives you messages of what's right for you. And that's where you need to put in very strong boundaries of you know what you need to do to heal or you know what you need to experience in this life and it'll be totally different to someone else. And I know for me, my passion is travel, you know, and you give me a plane and a ticket and I'm, I'll go off anywhere. Whereas <laughs> other people will say, oh, I don't want to travel and then go into all the reasons why they don't want to. I'm that that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't want the fear dumped on me of, why I shouldn't travel when I'm, I know I need to travel. Yeah. I need to have different experiences and I'm honouring that part of me that needs that. Mm. So that's just a very light example. And it's the same with the healing. You know, I needed to to get into what is happening in my own mind and is that working for me or isn't it? And that's that gut feeling once again. You know, no one's right, no one's wrong. We're just, it's, we're all different. So it's, to me, it's to embrace and celebrate the differences in everybody. Mm. Don't try and divide and criticize. Yeah. And celebrate who you are. 
Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's perfect. perfect. You couldn't really put that much better, could you? I think it rings true to us because it is something that we're really connected with and it's great to get reminders of. I, I hope some young people can take that advice too because I think sometimes by the time we really get to understand that, we're older, we've lived longer, and if people could embrace that when they're in their teenagers, and I know it's turbulent because of everything else, but could you imagine what they'd be able to what sort of life they would live, you know? Yep. Not be limited by other people's fears. Yeah. Because between what you want, where you are and what you want, the only barrier between that is usually fear. Mm. That's it. Yeah. And that that fear is quite often fed in from other people and and their self-doubts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're very true. It's very true. So it's alleviate. Is that yeah, that's what you're working, who you're working with now. Yeah, so yeah. download the Alleviate, it's A-double-L-E-V-I and the number eight, Alleviate yep. app, and that's free and it's got all the meditations on there which helps people to heal. Oh, that's um, fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, I just love working with the team that we're with and uh, the whole philosophy behind it. Oh, fantastic. Well, we might even put a link up there at the end oh, of this and yeah, um, there people can definitely get to that. So yeah. and anything else, look. It has been an absolute Absolute. honour and a Mm. pleasure to have you on our podcast. It's been wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I still would love to reach through now and give her a hug. Yeah, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. If she travels over here, we might have to go find her and uh, or or next week we'll get over to in in India. India, India, (laughs) yeah. To send us the information. Yep, we're good. We're good. That'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely putting it out there. Kathy, so yeah. yep. and the know. company that I work with that does that this called Journeys of the Spirit. Oh, so, what a wonderful um, name, Journeys of the Spirit. Oh, I just love it too. It's just not the inner journey, it's the outer journey. It's the whole, it's the whole lot, the whole package. Oh, oh wonderful. Beautiful. It seems like you're the whole package, actually. You've mm. really turned something that would have put a lot of people you know, packing their suitcases and say, well, you know, just I'll wave goodbye right now. And you've, you know, you've really done a great thing, especially against all the odds. Like, you know, this was a long time ago when, like you said, nobody really knew anything. And Mm. you put up with that doctor, how rude that doctor was. And it's interesting because I've done, I've only touched on a few of the things, but, you know, people said to me, you've got to write a book. And I said, no, it's just my story. And they said, no, you know, you need to. So about five years ago, I wrote my book. And of all the things that I did, even look back to transgenerational healing and all sorts of things. And it sat there for quite a few months and I didn't know what to call it because, once again, I don't want to tell other people how to live their their life or how they can overcome cancer. So I just called my book My Answer to Cancer. Hmm. What I realised, I was looking outside of me for someone else to heal me of cancer. And what I realised, I had to look with inside myself. Hmm. So I, I had to find my way. Um, yeah. my answer to cancer. There we go. Well, yeah. thank you so very much once again. Yeah. Have a lovely trip away next, uh, well, it's only in a couple of months. Yeah, exactly. A couple of weeks, I mean. A couple, a couple of weeks. weeks. So, well, yeah. she'll yeah, have to pack and get herself spiritually organised and no. get ready for massages every day. I know. I have to really <laughs> mentally prepare for that. And you'll be right. You know, nobody ever gives me any sympathy for the work <laughs> that I do. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be right, Kathy. Just... Take, 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 take a couple of massages. Take a couple of massages for me. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Beautiful. No. Lovely soul. 
Thank you. Thanks right. so much. Thank you so much, Kathy. We'll, we'll catch up. We'll catch up soon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Check out our website for podcasts, articles, inspiration, and more. Have you signed up for our monthly newsletter? Go to www.consciouswaves.life and join us to receive yours now. Well, and that was the lovely Kathy. Kathy Brown. Kathy Brown. My, away. Yep, my answer to cancer and alleviate and all those wonderful things. What, what a, a beautiful, shining light. She what a great is. life mission she's had. Wow. And she's not ever deviated by the sounds of no, that. No. And I know that has only just touched on the surface mm. of the things that she I'm sure did. we'll have Kathy back. She did say she had a lot more stories mm. to tell. Yep. However, um, she's going to be going to India, India. in the next couple of weeks so, <laughs> <laughs> for the massages and stuff. Okay. I, 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 I'm definitely going to put myself down for that. Yeah, good. I think that would yeah. be great. We can go. We can, yes, I think mm. we should. Yeah. Well, I hope you've enjoyed Kathy and got something, at least one thing out of it. I know that I've got quite a lot out of that oh. particular podcast and um, I'm just so very grateful for our guests as usual Yeah, that they are so willing to share such amazing insight. Absolutely. And, you know, again, if you would like to be on our um, podcast mm. on Everyday Journey Inspiring Conversations, just go to a, the website and click on podcast, go down and click on the button, join us and mm. fill out the form and send it to us and we'll be in touch. Yeah. And again, it doesn't matter where you are around the no, world. Look at us. Look at us. We've been to the I've US been, yes, a yes, couple, couple of times. Actually. To the US, yes. And um yeah. No, I have WA. Can, yeah, WA. So there you go. So we're gonna have a lot more coming up. Yep. And we'll be looking forward to um, you know, giving you all of the stories. Stories. Mm, stories are great. Mm, yeah. All right, I'm Louise. And I'm Chris. And we are, we are Conscious, Conscious Waves. Waves. See, ya. See ya. You have been listening to Everyday Journey, inspiring conversations. Brought to you by Conscious Waves. 